You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric, and this is episode 49. Yeah, hello, my gruesome addicts. Welcome back for another episode. So glad to have you here, and let's hop into it. Hopping. (laughs) Jennifer Lynn Fulford, born July 11th, 1961, to Robert and Irene House. At the time of this story, Jennifer is 56 years old. She's married to Robert Fulford, and I believe they have a couple of children. Uh, I don't believe, I don't think they're his children, but either way, they have some children together. She's working for a man by the name of Reed Berman, who has a small child named Oliver, and she's been working for him for about six to seven years at this point. Jennifer was a very reliable, hardworking woman who was employed by Reed to be a nanny and to take care of them and like household duties and stuff. So Reed was a commercial real estate executive, so he's extremely busy with work and needed help with daily life. So that's where Jennifer comes in. By the way, the story takes place in Winter Park, Florida, at 175 East Webster Avenue. <laughs> Wednesday, September, oh, you just looked at me. Wednesday, September 27th, 2017, was like any other day. Jennifer would always take Oliver to school, so she did that day. Around 7.15, 7.20, they left to go to school. She returned back to the Berman residence, and she spoke with Reed briefly about her duties for the day. Reed then left to attend a meeting, so Jennifer left around 8.45 a.m. because she had a dentist appointment that was set for 9 a.m. that day. After the appointment, she was running a little late because she was going to meet with Janet Grimm, who was an art framer, and she was supposed to deliver art, framed art, pretty much, to Jennifer that day. She had texted Janet that she would be there in, like, the next 10 minutes that she was running late, although Janet still had not arrived at the home either, but suddenly noticed, like, she had a bunch of missed calls from Jennifer, It was 11.33 a.m. when she gets another call from Jennifer and she was able to answer it finally. She like noticed that that she was kind of like she described it as totally panicked that Jennifer was on the other end. She thought it was really odd. Jennifer stated that she had to cancel the appointment abruptly and that she had a rush to pick up Oliver from school. So Janet thought this was odd. So an hour later, she just wanted to make sure that everything was okay. So she called Jennifer, but there was no answer. Jennifer always picked up Oliver from school at around 3.30. So by the time it was 4 p.m., the school actually contacted Reed, saying that his son was still there and no one had picked him up. Reed makes his way over to the school and picks up Oliver and then comes back home around 5 p.m. Jennifer's nowhere to be found. She, you know, He tried to call her phone, but there was no answer, and it actually appeared that it was totally turned off. Reed noticed that the front door was locked when he got home, so you know, nothing out of the ordinary he did notice that Jennifer's purse was in the downstairs bathroom next to the toilet. So he's like, that's weird. Like what the hell? So he also noticed that the seat, the toilet seat was lifted up like a guy had just used it. So it was again, very weird. He actually looked inside her purse. There was no wallet, no cell phone, credit cards, or driver's license. Again, odd. We thought that, you know, it was especially odd because him nor his son ever used that bathroom. They rarely ever used it. So he thought that was just really weird. So her 2015 Hyundai Santa Fe was also missing. So again, he thought that was weird. (laughs) He actually ended up calling police at 625 that night to report her missing. For some reason, Reed had no like uh, contact information for Robert, her husband. 
So police finally found out her home address and they found out Robert was at home and around 7 p.m. they notified him that she's kind of missing, you know. And Robert's like, I haven't spoken to her all day. So he's really confused. Like none of her friends had really spoken to her that day either. So he told them that she actually had a trip planned for the following day on the 28th to see her son and her new grandbaby in Dallas, Texas. So something might be wrong because she wouldn't just up and leave like that. Robert decided to look into their bank accounts to see if there was any activity. He found the payment she had made to her dentist office at 10.08 that same morning. And then it looks like Jennifer or someone had used her card at 12.10 p.m. at a Wells Fargo ATM and withdrew $300. Robert thought this was weird. Jennifer like never withdraws that much money. Um, I've never heard of this particular service, but it's called Blue Link. This allows the owner of their car to locate where their car is through their like smartphone. I thought that was pretty cool. So, but unfortunately, they look, detectives did look into this. Her car was still registered through this Blue Link thing to a previous owner. So that was kind of like not mm. going to help at all. So this is when they decided to go to talk to Reed more about like what happened, what he found in his house, and pretty much interview him. He showed them where her purse was and the fact that her belongings were missing as well as her car. He told them about the door being locked. So it wasn't, you know, didn't look like any forced entry or anything. And... But he also said that, like, Jennifer had not completed any of her tasks that, you know, she was supposed to do that day. And it was also at this time that Reed realized his comforter was missing from his bed. There was trash bags, like, all over the kitchen floor and stuff like that. Reed gave Jennifer a debit card for household expenses, but they looked into that and that was never used. Uh, He did notice that his alarm system, there was, like, motion detected a lot of, like, the doors opening and closing and stuff like that in a very short amount of time, um, especially to his master bedroom. Police are like, you know, they're kind of looking into Reed, you know, Robert, of course, they're going to look into, right? Like the closest people to her. Yeah, they always go for the husband first. Yeah, yeah. But nothing really seems suspicious, right? Um, So they were like, let's go look at the footage from the Wells Fargo. Let's see if we can find out who's taking out this $300. See if it's her. So like I said, the card was used at 1210. Um, It was just 15, actually 15 minutes after the last detection, like on Reed's alarm system that I was just talking about. And who did they see? They see a middle-aged man with glasses, wearing a white t-shirt, light-colored shorts, blue shoes, and his hair is in a ponytail. And he also has a white towel around his neck. And on his left wrist, he has a watch with a plaid band on it. And it was neither Reed or Robert. It was not neither of them. So I was like, what the hell? Who is this guy? You know, they show Reed the footage, and he's like, I have no idea who this man is. They did notice that the same man came back to withdraw more money, but it was unsuccessful and but this time when he came back, he was wearing dark colored baseball hat, um, a dark jacket, white T-shirt with the words workout three, two, seven, eight, nine. And these actually they're the zip code numbers for Winter Park, where he lives. This time they also noticed the fresh cuts and uh, wounds on his hands, too. When Reed actually saw this footage, he recognized that shirt where it said workout three, two, seven, eight, nine. He's like, wow, I actually have the exact same shirt. That's so weird. Um, so, but he like looked into his like closet and he didn't see anything disturbed at the time, like when he first went in there. So he's like, what the hell? This is like so weird. So one day after Jennifer went missing on the 28th of September, they did locate Jennifer's car in the public supermarket parking lot. And when they went to go search her car, they found an empty beer bottle and a tan canvas bag with a white t-shirt, a white towel and a watch with a plaid band. Mm. Weird. And these items had like blood on it too. Um, and when I post these videos of like him at the ATM, like you can see this towel around his neck and it's clearly like blood on it. It's like, dude, <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, and Robert knew that Jennifer would never drink on the job. So 
again, I keep saying odd, but it was odd to them, you know? So the next day on the 29th, another transaction was made for $100, but this was 140 miles or 222 kilometers of, uh, from Reed's home in Jacksonville, Florida. That's where the, this happened. There was now a warrant out for uh, 55-year-old Scott Nelson. That's who this man is. Mm. The warrant was for grand theft, theft of a credit card, unlawful use of a credit card, and two counts of criminal use of personal identity information. Unfortunately, Jennifer's body was found on September 30th in the woods around 1 p.m. that day in a, quote, extensive state of decomposition with the obvious signs of foul play, unquote. So the whole story is pretty much when Jennifer came back from the dentist, Scott, who was actually homeless, he had no job, uh, he kind of like, I'm, I'm assuming, this is just my opinion, I'm assuming she's going to enter the home and he just kind of forced his way in there, you know? And then, so, and then I'm thinking that, because um, it's not really a lot, like he, he didn't really confess to like everything, you know, but we'll get to that. But okay. um, but like, I'm, I'm assuming he was like, threatened her somehow, was like, you call Janet, you cancel that appointment, I don't want anybody coming over here, and just tell her that you have to go pick up Oliver or something, you know? So she obviously maybe had to go along with it, because she obviously didn't want to get hurt or anything, right? I'm assuming that's why she, like, Janet was saying that she sounded totally panicked on the phone and stuff like that. How did you know she had an appointment and all that? Because I told you about Janet Grimm, the um, art frame decorator. Uh-huh. She was supposed to come over, they had an appointment for... I know, but how did the homeless guy... Uh, that's a good question. Maybe she mentioned it to him. Like, I have somebody coming over here. Like, don't hurt me. Or I don't, oh, okay, I really don't okay. know. Like, that's a very good question. That's a very good question. I, or maybe, yeah, maybe I'm just assuming she mentioned it to Scott. Good question. And she has, she knows this guy. Not at all. Like, she, no, she has no idea who this dude is. Okay. No. And or Reed or Robert. By any account, he does end up bounding her like hands and her wrists and her mouth and throws her in the trunk of her own vehicle. He then goes to the ATM, like I just talked about. He withdrew the $300, then he drove to the public supermarket parking lot where he stabbed her multiple times. She, he was actually arrested on October 1st in Jacksonville, Florida at an Amtrak train station. While awaiting trial on April 27th, 2018, Scott writes a letter to the judge saying that he, quote, promises to deliver information on eight unsolved homicides in exchange for more food, unquote. That's what he's worried about. According to Scott, he had lost 40 pounds at this point, you know, so sucks for him, right? Jennifer's family and friends no longer get to see her and worried about, you know, and he's worried about food. (laughs) <laughs> like and and this fucking brutal murder over what like a total of like four hundred dollars like I just blows my mind. Of course he wants food. He's been homeless. But well, true. In no way that's like this at the same fucking level as murdering somebody. Like, for sure, for sure. But it's funny that you say that because I'll get back into it. But it'll kind of go back to that. So after months and months of deciding, actually on the death penalty, uh, the jury came back with a life sentence in prison without the possibility of parole for first degree murder. I just have to play this clip real quick, though, of him in court bitching and whining, kind of what you were just saying um, and how like unfairly he's being treated and all this kind of stuff. So we're going to play that clip right here. The penal system in America is a spectacular failure. Nothing works. But everyone that drives by a prison, they glance at it real quick and keep driving. They may shudder. Oh, that's it. Oh, God. And thank God I'm not. Thank God I'm not there and keep on a roll. And nobody cares. Nobody cares what goes on in there. They'll spend $30,000 a year to keep you in jail, and they won't give you a nickel to keep you out. 
They turned me into an animal. I've been beaten. I've been chained to beds for days at a rip. I've been locked in cells that are so stifling hot. I have flashbacks to this very day. I've had cockroaches running over my body. I've been beaten. I've been raped. I've been everything in prison. And yet you did and here's something. And now I'm out in the yet. free world okay, and this hold guy hold on. rips everything out. Yet you did something that will potentially put you in prison for the rest of your life or on death row. I couldn't help it. So it was all about the money then? All about the money. Isn't everything? Is that a yes? I had to eat. I'm a human being. Is that a yes? You're damn right it's yes. Wow. Right? That's a... (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, but there's way there's more. Okay, let me get into this. And we'll yeah. So um, yeah, something I hadn't mentioned yet. In 1994, Scott had actually abducted his father, took him to a bank in Vermont and forced him to withdraw (laughs) $10,000. It was later reported that Scott ran an ad in like a local paper and that he was sorry that he had done it. And it said uh, it was about quote, family matter that obviously went out of control. You abducted your father to go get money. So ultimately, um, he was arrested for that. And he sentenced, he was sentenced to 15 years. And he did serve 15 years for that. November 26, 2010, he was released. And he made his way to Daytona, Florida, less than 10 days after that. After getting out of prison, Scott goes to a bank, hands the teller a note demanding all of the money, and even threatened to bomb the building. Of course, uh, the bomb was fake because he had left it behind. And he did manage to get away with a lot of money, but obviously he was caught and he was sentenced to seven and a half years in prison. And he did serve the seven and a half years in prison. Right. So this is unfortunately like we've heard in any, you know, a lot of these cases that these fuckers do these like horrible crimes, all these different crimes and spend time in prison and then they get released. And what do they do? They end up killing somebody, right? May 15th, 2017, Scott was released. And just four months later, after that, Jennifer goes missing and winds up being murdered. You know? So it was like, yeah. I mean, I know he was just, I mean, not just, but he's doing all these crimes and everything. And like, I know he didn't murder anybody, but it's like. He's in and out of the system already. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. So the whole other reason why he was saying that he doesn't like, like I was saying, he's homeless. He was just kind of looking for something to eat. Like, I guess the last time he had gotten out of prison, he actually got a job. Um, and was like a painter, but one of his coworkers intentionally got him fired. At that time, he had no job, he had nowhere to live, and he was Took homeless. Took him to his bank, told him withdraw from the ATM. I'm just kidding. It seems like his trademark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, that's why you mentioned yeah the whole court thing and not eating and or needing to eat. So it's just wow. a wild story. Yeah, and I can understand like the whole and, and see it how the you know the system isn't fair and stuff like that and. I do, I have read about the prison system and how they just, how each person, like they said in certain prisons, like they get $6,000 a day or something like that for having that bed filled. I could be totally That's fucking wrong crazy, and mis- yeah. misspoken and all this, but, uh, makes you wonder. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm, but, but, for some, sure. but not for someone like that. Yeah. Where, no, no, no. You know, yeah. The system can fuck you over, but what makes us humans is the conscious and morality. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So. For sure. And a choice to use those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he should not be bitching about this. Like so he killed somebody, you know, I love that lady in court too. How she's going back and like, you did something that's going to end you like end up, you're going to end up in prison the rest of your life. Like, why are you going to say you're a bitch about this stuff? Yeah. Like it just blows my mind. Yeah. 
So ironically, from the time we actually are recording this episode, um, she's actually going to turn 62 tomorrow or she would have turned 62 tomorrow because it's July 10th today. So happy early birthday to Jennifer. And yeah, just tragic, tragic story for yeah. for nothing, pretty much. Like he's I hope he's rotting in prison and just living the worst life yeah. <laughs> that he possibly can. I mean, he, he knew it all on the head, like what it was happening to him in there. He's like, everything has happened to me. I've been getting raped and beaten. I was like, oh, well, maybe the prison system does work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it does. <laughs> Thanks, fellow prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so thank you guys for listening to this episode. And something um, I just realized also, it's a year of gruesome and natural. Can you believe it? Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I just realized that when I was doing this. I was like, oh my God, we've been doing this for a freaking year. So thank you guys for downloading, listening, just supporting this this past year. And to another year yeah. of this stuff that you love so much. Right? All right. We'll see you guys. I can't believe I listened to this shit for a year. <laughs> you guys too. <laughs> we love it. All right. We'll see you guys next Monday. Stay safe and be aware.